It's Not Your Fault is a podcast for parents, caregivers, and young people navigating the world and its challenges. Here's your host, Brandon Jones. Greetings and welcome back to another installment of It Is Not Your Fault, a teen mental health podcast. I am your host, Brandon Jones. And on today's episode, we are talking about how depression looks different in different communities. Now, what sparked what sparked today's episode was an article that went viral in the New York Times. The article was titled Disruptive or Depression. Psychiatrists reach out to teens of color. And, you know, like many articles and things of that nature, uh, titles can be very deceiving. So when you dive into the article, they're mostly talking about black and slash African-American teens and how these mental health providers have taken an alternative route in talking about something like depression. And I want to bring this article up to you all because this is actually aligned with the work that I've been doing for years and adding a cultural lens or cultural frame on things on various different mental health uh, diagnoses, but especially depression, because depression can look different for different people. You've heard me say that on many episodes over the time that I've been doing this podcast. It's just talking about how depression looks different for different people. And depression can also manifest itself in a culture from a cultural frame as well. And we can't lose sight of that. And when it comes to Black teens, oftentimes the depression doesn't manifest itself like the tr more traditional depression does for many other people where people isolate, they're sad, they can't get out of bed, they can't brush their teeth, they can't bathe, things of that nature. Because culturally in our community, oftentimes those things are frowned upon. There's a lot of shame with those things. If you don't have the freshest clothes on, if you don't keep your hair kept, if you're not brushing your teeth, if you're not putting on uh, sort of a performance level of engagement, like something may be wrong with you, you can be shunned from the culture. And oftentimes, and teens learn this very, very, very early. Young people learn this level of engagement. So culturally, when young people, when young African-American or Black folks are depressed, it may show up in things like shaming behaviors. It may show up in aggressive behaviors, frustration, et cetera. And then those behaviors get termed things like disruptive, right? Or they have an emotional behavioral disorder or they have conduct disorder. These are some of the labels that get put on to a lot of kids of color, unfortunately, uh, due to them actually dealing with mental health concerns or issues. Now, this doesn't mean that every young black adolescent who is disruptive or who is showing behaviors that are behaviors we don't want young people to be showing are depressed. No, but this is something that we should be checking for as professionals, parents and caregivers, and even friends of people who are engaging in those types of behaviors. So this article is really interesting and it got a lot of conversation started and it focused on um, a team of professionals down in the Atlanta area and them addressing the behavioral concerns of some of the teens down there. And unfortunately, one thing that also has happened in our community that's important for us to understand is that these that are are and, and I'm, I'm and I'm going to give a little bit of a not a history lesson, but a little bit of background knowledge here as well. But what I was saying is our ability to accept a lot of painful engagements, a lot of adversity, has been one of the backbones culturally for us, and we've labeled that as a strength. 
So when we go do, go through depressive situations and depressive times, it doesn't always feel like we would we would normally assume depression to feel. And when I say normally, I mean, if you just go to Google and type in depressive symptoms, depressive feelings, you're going to get a list of categories. And those don't always show and manifest themselves in the African-American community. Um, because we've learned over time to roll and adjust and adapt with our depression. I mean, at one point in time, Black folks, African-American folks called African-American culture the struggle. So we've always had, since we've been in this hemisphere as a collective group of people, we've always had practices and cultural norms and healing practices that have allowed us to work through the quote-unquote pain. We even say things like, it is what it is, or I'm all good, or it's going to be all right, or keep your head up. Well, we have so many sayings that we've utilized over time to help culturally push us through some of the pain that is going on, even when things are really painful and they really hurt and they're really internally beating us down and bringing us down to a space and place, we still find a way to perform, to show up and move forward. And unfortunately, what this does is over time, it just makes things worse and worse and worse. And with a lot of young teens, unfortunately, what they'll do is they'll find ways to cope with that pain, doing things like overconsuming on video games or food or having risky sex or smoking and drinking or try and trying other types of illicit drugs where maybe they're not smoking and maybe they're popping pills and doing things of that nature. A lot of risky behavior also starts to show up when people are going through depression. They start to do things that normally we don't want them to do, but since they live in a context and a culture that accepts so much adversity and sees it as strength, then what ends up happening is they end up causing bigger problems for themselves as they move forward. Now, that's not to scapegoat and say that young Black children don't do anything wrong. Absolutely, they can do things that they should not be doing. But it is a, a hint and a clue for us parents, caregivers, professionals, and friends of young people to understand that when they are struggling, when they are going through things, they're less likely to say what's going on and more likely to act out things that we don't want them to do. So it's important for us to be able to, one, identify it, and two, figure out ways to connect. And the biggest way for us to connect with young people is to build rapport. We we don't want to necessarily always be their friends. I hear, I get a lot of p feedback from parents. I'm not going to be my, my kid's friend. I ain't their friend. I'm their parent. <laughs> it's like, yes, that is true. But you need to have a level of rapport and a level of connection and um and a, and a channel where you can reach your kid and figure out what's going on with them and they feel comfortable enough to tell you what's happening. I can't tell you how many clients I've seen over the years, uh, young people, um, and even some adults who talked about their inability to tell their parent how they truly feel or to or to communicate to their parent, you know, what's really on their mind or tell their parent how they've hurt them or how they're sorry or, or just wanting to hear sorry or to get some love from a parent. And it's important because when you build rapport, those things can naturally come out. But when you don't have a connection from your kid, and, and let's be quite frank, you may be part of the reason why they're depressed. What ends up happening is they do lash out, they do leave the home, and they can find themselves in some un 
unfortunate situations and some scary situations. So we all have to do a part when it comes to the well-being of young people. And that part includes us paying attention, being honest about what's going on, accepting some of the things that we may or may not have done well, and then coming up with a plan, figuring out what's the next step to make sure that this young person has an opportunity to thrive, that this young person has an opportunity to grow and develop as healthy as possible. Because it's unfortunate that we have to have articles like this one from the New York Times that has to to, uh, differentiate between what's what's disruptive behavior and or depression and how those two things overlap with one another. Shouldn't be like that. We should have a clear cut example of what it is. But unfortunately, if we don't have our cultural intelligence up, if we don't have a cultural lens and a frame, we'll miss these things. And that's what's been happening in the mental health world for so many years years. We've had Black youth who've been overdiagnosed, misdiagnosed, overmedicated, even sometimes undermedicated because the cultural lens wasn't there. And if we're not going to be able to tell the truth and be able to work through these things, more and more children will suffer with mental health conditions that many of us don't understand. So it's important for us to keep it real with ourselves, be willing to heal, and be willing to step up for our young people. Because if we don't do it, nobody else will. And that's why I get so passionate. And that's why I do this podcast, because a lot of young people end up suffering in silence. And then and then their suffering manifests itself into behaviors that we don't want to see. And then those young people, unfortunately, get themselves in trouble. And it's so unfortunate. It's a cycle that can be broken. And it's a cycle that will be broken as long as we're all dedicated to breaking it. So again, the article was in the New York Times. The article was entitled Disruptive or Depressed. Psych, uh, psychiatrists reach out to teens of color. And I want to invite you all, I want to get some feedback. Hop into the Facebook group. It's in our Facebook group right now. Over in Facebook, just go ahead and put in It's Not Your Fault uh, podcast. You can join the Facebook group and engage in some conversation. But if you like to engage with me on an individual level, feel free to send me a message um, at uh, jegna.org. That's J-E-G-N-A dot org. You can send a message directly to me, or you can check us out at ShalettaMakesMeLaugh.com and leave a message there. And as always, I'm always looking for things to respond to on the podcast. So if you have a question that you would like for me to respond to on the podcast, please bring it. Or if another article gets out there, maybe it doesn't go as viral as this one, but it's some good content. We should probably talk about it. Please send it my way and I'll address it right here on the podcast. So I want to wish you all happy holidays and a happy new year. Uh, it is a time for renewal. It is a time to pause, think about our well-being, about our ability to care for ourselves, and about being sustainable in this world that we live in. So if you're a young person who's struggling, don't be afraid to reach out to someone who can help you. And if you are an adult and you see a young person struggling, make sure you let them know that you care. And as always, it may not be your fault, but it is all of our responsibility to make sure that the young people in our lives are well taken care of, seen, heard, and valued. Until next time, I am Brandon Jones. Check us out on the next podcast. This is It Is Not Your Fault, a team mental health podcast. And we'll see you next time. Peace. Did you know that United Healthcare helps connect you to doctors and therapists with 24-7 access to virtual care? So I could have therapy from my couch? Yep. Or a doctor appointment from my car? If you wanted to. Wait, you're right. I don't even like when people see me sing in the car. Couch appointment it is. Virtual visits are just one of the ways United Healthcare helps connect you to better health. Learn more at uhc.com.
Plan benefits may vary. You started your business with big dreams and big ideas. But achieving your goals is a matter of doing the little things right. At Bremer Bank, we're ready to help you navigate all the details, questions, and challenges you encounter on your way to growth and success. Because right now, relationships matter more than ever. And understanding is everything. Find out more at bremer.com. It's never too late to set the stage for well-being. Here's your well-being tip of the day from YMCA of the North. Put mindfulness in your tool belt. Mindfulness is a method of paying attention and bringing awareness to whatever is happening at the moment. Be open to the idea of being present and honest with yourself. Observe what's happening rather than trying to control what's happening. We reduce our stress, anxiety, and negative emotions when observing rather than get overly flustered in our reactions. For more well-being tips, meditation, and yoga classes, visit us at ymcanorth.org forward slash well-being. At General Mills, our table is your table. And we believe racial equity, diversity, and inclusion are key ingredients for our success. Learn more about our work to inspire change at generalmills.com forward slash racial equity.